Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Friday, November 18th. Coming up, school districts are required by federal law to help homeless children stay in school. But one Jackson County district may be undercounting those kids. A law can't list everything. It can't list every possible means of reaching out and identifying. You know, so just like anything else, you could do very minimally. We'll hear why homeless students at the Blue Springs School District might be falling through the cracks. But first, some headlines. Children's Mercy Hospital has a waiting list of 15 children needing treatment for respiratory illnesses. KCUR's Noah Taborda reports on the ongoing viral surge. Kansas City hospitals are packed, but they're also short on staff, like many facilities across the country. Jennifer Watts is the Chief Emergency Management Medical Officer for Children's Mercy. She says they're working hard to accommodate everyone, even picking up extra shifts. It's a sacrifice. You know, we're sacrificing family time to be here to take care of all the kids that need us right now. And we'll continue to do so because it's the right thing to do. Watts urged residents to help lessen the load by washing their hands regularly and getting vaccinated against the flu and COVID-19. A national social justice group was in Kansas City, Kansas yesterday, calling on the U.S. Department of Justice to investigate the police department. About 200 people rallied at the event, organized by Team Rock, the social justice arm of rapper Jay-Z's organization. Lamont McIntyre was one of the speakers. His 2017 exoneration led to increased scrutiny of former detective Roger Golubsky, who now stands accused of assaulting, raping, and kidnapping women decades ago. I'm here on behalf of all you victims and all the victims' family and everybody who didn't get justice. I feel like you didn't get justice. This is what it looked like. I'm inspired. Man, I love you people, man. Keep pushing the pedal. Keep moving it, man. You can hear more about Golubsky's case on the KCUR Studios podcast, Overlooked. Workers at more than 100 Starbucks locations nationwide, including cafes in Independence and Overland Park, went on strike on one of the coffee corporation's most profitable days yesterday. Katie Kreitchins is a barista and member of the bargaining committee at her location at 75th Street and I-35 in Overland Park. She says she and her colleagues are striking to bring the company back to the bargaining table, and she hopes customers support them. Without workers and without our labor, you don't get your coffee in the morning. We're the people who do it. Striking workers handed out red cups with union insignia. A Starbucks spokesperson said the company has filed unfair labor practice charges against the union for impeding the bargaining process. With limited housing and rising rent, an affordable place to live is out of reach for many families. If families with school-aged children can't find stable housing, federal law requires school districts to identify them and provide certain services. But what happens when a district doesn't identify all of its homeless students? KCUR's Jody Fortino tells us why students at one local school district may be falling through the cracks. Just off Interstate 70, a series of rundown motels are strung along through Blue Springs in eastern Jackson County. But these rooms aren't just for overnight stays. They're homes for our entire families without any other options. That's the case for Kathleen Barnes, who moved into the Welcome Inn in Blue Springs this summer. With her family of seven, plus two cats, living in just one motel room, things get a little chaotic when the kids come home from school. Hi. <laughs> Don't mind me. 
go in. Barnes' family moves around a lot, so when she got to Blue Springs, she knew what she needed to do to get her kids in school and the programs designed to assist families like her. I already knew about McKinney-Vento, so I specifically asked about it, and I said, I don't have their birth certificates right now. I need to talk to whoever you have in your district for a homeless liaison. She was connected with the district's homelessness liaison, whose job it is to make sure the Blue Springs School District complies with the McKinney-Vento Homeless Assistance Act. That's a federal law that requires school districts to identify students experiencing homelessness and remove barriers from enrollment, like waiving certain documents or providing transportation if they live outside the district. Barnes has no complaints about her family's experience receiving services in Blue Springs. Most schools are usually pretty good if you mention being homeless or the, or if you know the name of it and just say the McKinney-Vento Act. Most schools are like, oh, yep, yep, you're good. But data and interviews with people knowledgeable about student homelessness suggest that the Blue Springs School District does less than other local districts to identify families experiencing unstable housing. One indicator is that the district serves the lowest percentage of homeless students among all but the smallest Kansas City area districts. Newly released data analyzed by the Center for Public Integrity highlights how well school districts identify and serve homeless students. The investigative journalism outlet calculated that at least 300,000 students nationwide miss out on services each year because their districts don't identify them as housing unstable. Barbara Duffield is executive director of Schoolhouse Connection, a nonprofit aimed at overcoming homelessness through education. She says it's up to districts how diligently they want to comply with the McKinney-Vento Act. A law can't list everything. It can't list every possible means of reaching out and identifying You know, so just like anything else, you could do very minimally. One way to estimate how many students are experiencing homelessness is to look at a school district's free or reduced price lunch program. Missouri's Department of Elementary and Secondary Education estimates 7 percent of students in subsidized meal programs have unstable housing. In the 2019 to 2020 school year, Blue Springs reported just 1.7 percent. I wanted to talk to the district about why their numbers are so low, but they declined an interview. However, they did provide brief answers to a list of questions. My colleague Barbara Shelley, who worked on the story with me, sat down with me to explain how Blue Springs responded. Hi, Barb. Hi, Jody. So, Barb, what is the district doing to identify and serve its homeless students? Well, the district has a McKinney-Vento liaison who coordinates things. She holds an annual training with teachers and staff on how to identify students who might be homeless. And the district posts signs in its buildings in English and Spanish telling people about the program. Is that what's expected of a district under the McKinney-Vento Act? That would be the minimum. Is there anything unusual about how Blue Springs serves its homeless students? There sure is. The Blue Springs School District requires new families to enroll through its Department of Public Safety, basically the district's police force. That requirement, that families enroll at the Public Safety Office, surprised a lot of people who deal with student homelessness, including Duffield with Schoolhouse Connection. I saw that in your email and I about fell out of my chair. The Blue Springs School District said that its Department of Public Safety, quote, is used as the first point of contact to ensure consistency and accuracy to help streamline the registration process, unquote. 
but Duffield and other experts say it may deter families from disclosing their homeless status if they have already had negative interactions with law enforcement. It's not a place where you build trust. It's not a place where you have sensitive conversations. You almost feel like you've done something wrong just by being identified. So I think that's a huge barrier to identification. Duffield says she thinks most districts under-identify homeless students because they're not aware of the scope of the problem. She says some districts may consider it a low priority because they assume homeless students have lower attendance rates and test scores. Some experts suggest it's also about keeping a certain image. The Blue Springs School District says on its website that its, quote, mostly middle to upper middle class community enjoys a stable economy, end quote. Melissa Douglas is the McKinney-Vento liaison for the neighboring Kansas City Public Schools. She says she's been puzzled by Blue Springs' consistently low homeless count. I don't know if it's trying to come across as that persona of we're suburban and we don't have them and suburban is better than urban living and we don't have the same problems as being in the city versus, you know, because we're out here because we have ways and means. While Blue Springs may have trouble identifying its homeless students, other districts in the area are diligently working to find theirs. The Raytown School District hired eight people over the summer to make phone calls and home visits to make sure families started the school year on time. Douglas, at Kansas City Public Schools, says her office is open year-round to help connect families with services and transportation. The more students we can identify, the better, because we know that um, there are some people that want to remain hidden, that want to be anonymous, but they still need that service, that um, support, that helping hand. Back in Blue Springs, Kathleen Barnes hopes it won't be too long before she has a place to stay that's not a motel. She and her husband are now both working stable jobs. Now we've got more income, so it's not going to be as hard at this point. But then again, it is still because everybody's raising their prices. About a week after we interviewed Barnes, her family had to move into another motel in North Kansas City. And while she may not have found stable housing just yet, the McKitty-Vento program will help get her kids an education regardless. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Jody Fortino. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Jody's story about student homelessness in Blue Springs, visit KCUR.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. On Monday, we'll take a look at the pros and cons of getting a new baseball stadium in downtown Kansas City. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. On the latest episode of Overlooked, Chapter 5, A List of Murdered Women. Former Detective Roger Golubsky is connected to a litany of murdered women in Kansas City, Kansas. Several were sex workers who Golubsky was accused of abusing and using as informants. But their cases were never solved by his fellow officers, and their families have spent decades without closure. Golubsky is a poster child for the police department because he represents many officers that violated people. There is um, several detectives that run a thread through some of these cases that have never been investigated. Overlooked, a new podcast from KCUR Studios and the NPR Midwest Newsroom. Get the new episode wherever you listen to podcasts.
You listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org radioactive.